Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Uh, good to see all your, all your lovely faces. My wife was out of town uh, almost all week. She left, uh, kind of left us on around Tuesday and, and came back late last night. And um, uh, So kind of doing life with the kids at home and, and work and, and school and the whole sort of you know, process and friends and, and as it goes. And, and uh, we survived. We're here. And, uh, but it was fun, but she comes back and she kind of wants to know, like, well, how'd it go? I'm like, oh, it was, it was fine, you know, it was good. What'd you, what'd you do? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, we, we just did all the stuff that you have to do, right? And because my storytelling in sort of the account of everyday details is not real, real good. Uh, and she's like, well, we'll see. I left this time. What did you do Wednesday morning? How did that go down? Like, well, Wednesday morning we went to school and then what'd you do after that? I went to a meeting and what time was that? And like, so she just kind of wants to know to sort of understand and picture and imagine our week because she cares about us and obviously the well-being of myself and the kids in our household. And and she wants to sort of account that she wasn't there and it's important to her the sort of story, even though some things that feel like a little bit of the kind of minutia of life is important for her to understand so she can kind of picture and imagine what it looked like for us that week. And our memories and how we consider things and understand things and hear story, even from the past or things that have happened, very much shape our present. So when we carry memory from the past into the now and into the future, it, it's very formative. It can shape the way we behave and the way we act and the way we feel love or don't feel love or trust or don't feel trust. And our choices of our memories are formative. And some of us choose to remember things differently than, than others, or maybe the same account happened, but you, you looked at it differently. You remember it happening differently. There's revision of, of memory, right? Like, oh, I was there. I remember it perfectly. But someone else who was there remembers it differently. And you can't both be right, or maybe you can. But you're always trying to confirm your present position in sort of memory. And I grew up in a household of five boys, and there's lots of stories when you have five boys growing up in one house. There's just lots of things happening all the time. Many different stories, many, many different stories. Uh, and I like to tell those stories. I, I, I kind of live in that world, and I think about uh, things that have happened in my life. So much of it goes back to these, these days of slugging it out in my house with my four brothers and my, and my poor mom, who was, felt like she was kind of captive there. You know, the further I get away from my look back, like, oh my gosh, my mom was just a hostage in our house, my poor mom, you know, and my dad would escape to work, and my mom was left behind with, with the five of us, but so I like to tell these stories, and since my brothers can't often be here, you just get to hear the most accurate versions of the stories uh, growing up, and you know, holes in walls, and, and crashing cars, and fistfights, and paintballs, and shaving eyebrows and baseball bats to the back of the head and all these things and all these stories happen. And uh, one of the ones I was thinking about this week, and it kind of comes back every now and then, is I sold one of my brothers a car. And this is about, about 10 years ago. I was living out here at the time. My brother was in San Diego, and I had this old uh, Honda Civic. And it was a fine car. It was just time to kind of move on from it. Our family was, was growing, and it was time to move on from the little, little Honda Civic. And my brother was looking for a car. So, oh, yeah, I could totally sell you a car. Be, that would be easy for me. It would be easier for you. I feel good about the car. I'll give it to you at a reasonable price. And I also said, I also was hoping to make some money on it. I can't, couldn't quite give it away, even though I'd love to. So I was going to sell him this car. And, and I'm concerned about selling him a car. I'm like, okay, I want this to work out good for him and make sure it's a good deal. So I put some money into this car before he's about... Uh, coming up to buy it, coming up from San Diego to take a look at it and, and, and probably drive it home. So I give it tune-up, brakes, as much as I can do, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars I pump into this old Honda Civic, and I feel good about this car. And I sell him the car. He drives down to San Diego, and about a week later, the car breaks down. 
And he calls me up like, dude, what's with this car, man? Like, the car's not working. I just bought this car from him. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, I totally just put all this money into it. It's fine. It was working good. He's like, all right, all right. So he gets it in, gets it running, gets it running for a little longer. Then, like, a couple weeks later, he's like, dude, the car broke down again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm starting to feel bad. But I also am not about to say, well, here's your money back. Bring the car back. Like, sorry, dude, you bought the car. I don't know, if, I don't know what's going on down there. And the car just never gets right. It just never happens. He, he puts a little money into it, but he doesn't know what to do with it. I think at some point, he actually lived in southern San Diego. I think he drove the car to Mexico and just left it there and just came home. He just started like, I'm done with this car, and just walked away, right? And I, we have different sort of versions of that story. He feels like I hustled him. I feel like I don't know what happened, but I feel like I did my end of, of, of taking care of the car, and I'm sorry it, it sort of didn't work out. And part of me hopes that someday I could just give the money back to him, but t- today's not that day. But I'd love to maybe at some point in my life, dude, here's money for the car. Like, sorry how that went. And for him, he remembers it sort of in his own sort of way. Like, oh, my gosh, my brother totally hustled me on a car, and he's like, well, whatever, he probably needed the money. But for him, he, he remembers other times growing up where he feels like I hustled him on a surfboard, on a watch, on a skateboard, on a lunch. He has all these sort of accounts of me kind of ripping him off. And some of them are probably true. The car, for me, I didn't feel like that was, but for him, it was just another, another line, you know, another action in this line of kind of hustling him, <laughs> hustling my little brother, and he so generously continues to have relationship with me. And by the grace of God, all my brothers and I are, are fine. We have a great relationship. Uh, and there are many discrepancies in the stories, but we've come to terms with our history and, and all as well. But for everyone, it's not, it's not so, you're not so fortunate. There's things that have happened. There are parts of your story that maybe are different than other, someone else's story. You kind of live together, and it just didn't work out well. Relationships get torn apart by the way we remember them differently. Maybe that's over money or loss or... Uh, affluence, whatever those things are, career, something that you work, walk through someone together, but you kind of remember, remember it differently. And as we follow Jesus into the Easter story, into these next couple weeks here for the 72-hour period that maybe we'd look at that, we say he travels through this table, uh, this dinner, this meal, and he offers us this command to remember. He says, remember me. And it's very important because Jesus doesn't give these many dictations like this that we would carry on today that often. It's just one of the really the sort of sacred things that remember this, do this in remembrance of me. That this is important as he sat down with his disciples. I'm going to read it out of Luke. I know we've kind of been in John uh, recently, but we're going to jump into Luke for this, this version of story. And Luke's cool. Luke, I love the book of Luke. I love all of them. But Luke, Luke loves meals. He has more meal stories than anyone else. This is the seventh meal scene in the, in the narrative of Luke. And there's two more to go. He loves that setting. He's like, man, what's a great setting to tell stories around the table? So Luke will dive in. He talks about the table. And he talks about these gatherings around tables and around meals and breaking bread. And, and Luke's account goes like this. Of the Last Supper. Then came the day of unleavened bread, in which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And this is Luke 22. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before, before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment, fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. 
As he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. For the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. And the Son of Man will go as as has been decreed, but woe woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves, which of them might be this person who would do this. So they're sharing this meal, and then Luke sort of sets up this table, and this is dinner with friends, and, and they're kind of enjoying one another. And it's an intimate occasion when you recline and you eat with, eat with others. Even today, as we, as we get around the table, and this is sort of a valuable practice of our community, we're trying to establish these meals. My wife's been doing these great dinners at our house. We just sit at a table, and you look across from you, and you share life. And, and, and this is not just an ordinary dinner. We're in Passover. It's a, it's a festival season. This is a very important meal that they would have in the tr- Jewish tradition to remember the things that God has done in the past, and the deliverance of Exodus. And there's this whole elaborate meal, and there's different cups and different times of pause and of story, and they would eat, and they would meditate, and then someone would read, and there would be more story being told. And it's this very kind of cool experience. And it was to go back and remember the things that God had done in the past, and particularly look back at Exodus, and this, this time when Jesus, or God, when God passed over the, the firstborn and allowed his people to, to, to be freed from slavery, right? So they, they take a lot of time to lean into this, right? So they've set up, and Jesus tells his, his disciples, they go to the city, and um, there's going to be this room, this guy's going to know all about it, it's going to be all ready for you, and they go and do it. And I love this little part of this story, uh, th- this part of the narrative, it's t- chapter 22, and the guys, the, the disciples just kind of go, and you can kind of see they've been walking with Jesus long enough, it's like, all right, well, it's worked before, he's done all kinds of crazy things before, let's just, let's just walk this out, and they just kind of go do it. He's like, don't worry, it's going to be all set up for you, just meet this guy, it's going to be fine. Right? And I love that as you see the growth sort of of, of, of the disciples. And maybe other times in the early parts of the, the narrative, they kind of talk amongst themselves. They're not sure what's going on. What's he saying? Should we do that? It's not going to work. It almost seems like by the end, like, oh, yeah, we get it. We're just going to walk this out. And that's a great lesson for you and I. As they walk through these different scenarios with Jesus by our side, he leads us in different places. And the more we do it, the more comfortable we would get with it. The more comfortable you get with him when you hear a little whisper in your ear to do something, like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. I, I've seen him do this before. And so they, they have this time with Jesus, and they're almost in this sort of reflection. Oh, yeah, it's worked out before. And they get into this city, and, and, and it's in Jerusalem, and everyone had to come to Jerusalem for this meal. That was just part of the deal, to celebrate this time together. And they're reclining, and they're eating, and it's, it's, it's different than the paintings we see where they're all sort of on, in a row. You know, they're all kind of just lounging around, and, and, and it's very, very comfortable. And Jesus is reflecting himself, and he's sharing, but you can almost see his introspective. Like, man, this is going to be the last time I eat with these guys. This is going to be the last time before I suffer. This is the last time this wine is going to touch my lips. And at the time, the disciples, they didn't know exactly what was happening. They didn't know where this was all going. They knew something was starting to happen, but they didn't imagine it going probably the way it ended up going. That Jesus is going to be crucified and turned over and, and, and buried. That's not what they had in mind at this point. So Jesus is kind of leaking these things out, and he's, and he's processing, he's lamenting, and we see this in the garden, his passion. He's just like, gosh, this is hard. It's gotten to the point for Jesus that this is, this is getting really hard. I've walked with these guys. We've had laughs. We've had challenges. We've had fun. We've seen some really cool stuff happening. We've had good meals together. And he's like, now this is the last time. And I think that's a beautiful picture of the, sort of the humanity of Jesus, that he, that he cared that much, even about his, his walk with the people here. I was like, gosh, this is going to be hard. What he was walking into was going to be hard. 
And so he leads through these cups and these meals. And in this meal, there would have been multiple cups anyway, at least four different cups that would come out at different times. And, and there would be the one cup, and they would talk about one part of the story of God, and they would drink it, and they would eat, and they would take another cup. And Jesus is dealing with these cups and this bread. And the disciples are trying to follow it along. And at some point, he starts to, to make the meal about him. He said, this bread, this cup, do this in remembrance of me. This is about me now. And we take that, and, and we think, oh, yeah, of course, it's about Jesus because it's his blood and his body. But think about that time of these disciples hearing that. Wait, wait a minute. This ancient tradition that's been passed on from generation to generation, from generation to generation, that's super important to our people that we have to come to this city and do it this exact way because it's about the Exodus story is now about you? You're just sort of taking this over now? And they kind of have to sit in that and sort of process that a little bit. I think it'd be kind of inter it's interesting for us even the process, this being in that time, and this Jesus character, this figure coming on. All of a sudden, he's starting to point, at, he's starting to point everything toward himself. He's like, I want you to remember me. And what does it mean to remember Jesus if you're hearing that at the table? And we could translate that into our own lives. Do this in remembrance of me. Like, well, what do we remember about you, Jesus? He had not yet died and rose again, though that's going to be part of this story that we, we recognize. His body's broken, his blood's poured out. Think of the disciples remembering Jesus, remembering Jesus, remembering the times they walked with Jesus, they ate with Jesus. You know, I could almost see them thinking around like, oh, yeah, remember that time? They're telling this story, telling this story. I could imagine these times as they followed up afterwards. And we take communion, and we try to call it the Lord's Supper, and it lasts, you know, like five minutes. We'll come and have a song. We'll take it. I hope it's meaningful for you. I hope, hope, hope it kind of offers something. But in this context, the dinner was hours and hours and hours of storytelling. And in the Jewish tradition, they would do these group storytelling remembering times. They even do it today. There's, a, there's kind of a movement around the Holocaust, and there's this, this, this sort of cool idea that some of our uh, kind of people from the Jewish tradition came up with. And um, they call it Zikron Basalon. Zikron Basalon. What, what that literally means is memories in a living room. And they get these people together, 20, 40 people in a living room, and they just tell these stories. Mostly people have a connection to the Holocaust. They tell stories and remember that time. They process through that time. And Zikron, even in the Hebrew, is this, this idea, Zikron is this idea of, of, of remembering, of memorial, of, of reflecting, but in a way that it grips to the memory. It's just this gripping memory. You dive deep into this. And in the Jewish tradition, they had found, hey, you know what good way to do this is around food? And let's take our time. Because if we just have to do it fast, people are going to be hungry and bored. So let's take our time. Let's establish these feasts where we can really lean in to the work of God in, in our lives and in, in the past. And this zikaron, this Hebrew remembering, this memorial, calling them back, calling them back. And for the Jewish tradition, they knew this was important. Because they'd seen numbers of times when you see through, read the Old Testament the nations may be doing okay, and they drift, they drift, they drift, and it's not good when they drift. And so the Jewish leaders are trying to establish, we have to keep coming back to remembering who God is and that he is good, that he is a provider, that he is a healer, that he is our guide, that he is our leader, that he is our deliverer. And this was key to sustaining that tradition of faith. This is the key to the sustainability of their, of their religion. We have to go back and remember because the present's not always going to tell that story. The present's not always going to tell a story. And when we come to the table and we take a few moments to reflect on the life of Christ and then the, the work in our life, it's a moment for us, yeah, yes, he's good. He's delivered me before. He's washed me clean. 
I have to remember that. I have to remember that. Because my eyeball test right now is telling me, like, dude, the world is falling apart. I can't take this anymore. And you go back and remember. And I was thinking about our, our, our times of reflection or remembrance personally or in the church or parties. I don't know. Our memories are, are kind of, our memorials are kind of driven just by the calendar, calendar holidays, right? Things come like, oh, yeah, there's that thing coming. I have to, I have to think about it now. There's a memorial for somebody. What was that thing again? Oh, yeah, somebody died. Let's look at, look at him. Oh, there's an anniversary coming. I have to do something for that. Oh, shoot, Valentine's Day. I have to do something for that. And we're kind of driven along. Some of this is in our Western culture because we sell things for every one of these, these holidays. So we're driven to sort of reflect as they come at us like this fast. Like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. That was St. Patrick. What was he again? He did something. We should probably talk about that. But how many of those things are, tell the story of your faith or God doing work in your life? I know if you're like me, I, I can, if I have to, if I'm in going through a hard time, I'll think, I'll, I can dig up some stories, but they're not like at the tip of my tongue, and I don't have a date for them. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's remember this time. We went through a, a season back to the kind of car where we had, had been driving this little Honda Civic around, and uh, our family was growing, and it was just time, and we just knew, um, you know, at least as far as we can tell, we, we, we kind of wanted something bad. I hate to say need, but we felt like, oh man, we just need a bigger vehicle. We wanted a minivan. It just felt like it would make sense for us. We're like, man, we should get a minivan. And, and uh, didn't really have the funds together. We're just trying to hold off. Like, man, I don't want to go into any crazy debt over anything. So let's just keep waiting. Let's keep waiting. And Amy's pregnant. I'm like, man, we have to change up this car situation. We need, a, we need a car. And we got a call from some friends of a friend who have a car dealership. And so we have this great minivan. Um, just came on, and we'll give it to you for whatever cost cost was. Uh, but it was still you know, thousands of thousands of dollars, ten thousand dollars or something, and we're like, nah, I just don't feel good about that. I don't have the money. Let's just let's just wait and see. Let's just keep praying. Let's keep praying. And Amy, you know, keeps getting more pregnant. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling distress. It's sort of like, you know, the family's growing. I'm like, oh gosh, we have this little car, and I just we want a more comfortable car. And 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 we have the baby, and there's no van. And we still have the little car, and we have to you know cram the car seats into the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, like bummer. I just. I knew I didn't have to have a van, God, but I really felt like it would have been nice for our family to have this van. And the sort of deadline came and went, and, and, and then after, I don't know, two, three, four weeks, we get a call from these, these people who had the van, the van, the car dealer says, you know what, we still have the van, like, we're just going to give it to you. And I was like, oh, no way, like, there is a God, like, it's just, this is crazy, he actually can do things like that. And it was this really important part of our story at that time. Because it told a lot about sort of timelines and God's disregard for our timelines, right? Like, God, I need a van before he shares the baby. He's like, ah, you probably don't, actually. You're cool. You'll be fine without one. And this van comes, and it was just a blessing. I mean, this is probably the biggest, you know, gift we've ever received. And, and if I think about it enough, I can remember it. But, man, I don't go back to that story that often. I'm not even sure if my kids fully understand that story. A, a, a story of God's work in our life a story of God's provision, of God's, of God's deliverance in some respect, of God working. I don't go back to that story. And I wonder what those stories are in your life that you just, man, what happened? It was such an important part of your life. It was, it was such a, a God story. And what, why aren't you telling that story anymore? I don't remember that story. And as Jesus takes these elements and he looks back, he's, he's trying to get something to lock onto the disciples. I need you to remember something a little differently than you have been. You, you were formerly remembering that God didn't kill your firstborn because you put blood on your door. He's like, okay, that happened, but let's, let's, let's think about things differently now. Because that's not a real appealing story. Oh, awesome, God didn't kill our kids. Let's celebrate and have a feast every year for that, right? It's like, let's, let's think about things a little differently. How about you do this in remembrance of me? 
and what I'm going to do and what I have done and how I walked with you. And as we can go back and you remember, oh, yeah, Jesus did that, he, and I'm okay. Like, that was a really hard time, but I'm, somehow I'm okay. Maybe you're going through a really hard time now, and you can think, well, you know, I'm here. Somehow I got here. He must be moving you along. He must be moving you along. And we just forget all the times we've been taken care of. Because as soon as we get out of one bit of trouble, out of one debt or sort of spiritual poverty or relationship brokenness or whatever is going on, as soon as we get out of one of those situations, we sort of just lock eyes on the next one. Like we move on to the next one. We're almost junkies for like bad things. <laughs> I was like, hey, be present. Remember me. I got you through that. I got you here. Right, everything's going to be okay. And we have these times and these meals where we're saying, we've got to remember it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Jesus walked through a really difficult few days there. So I want you to remember that too, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Next time you're stressed, it's going to be okay. Right, the next time you just don't feel like there's any hope, it's going to be okay. That's what this sort of table's about. It's going back, reflecting on the goodness of God, the person of Jesus, the life, the death, resurrection. It's going to be okay. And that's good news. That's gospel. That's good news. So I have Noah come up and, and Ashley, and they're going to close out with a couple songs today. and He'll give some direction on this, but um, let's take some time. And we've got a couple of things to sing, and we're going to reflect and think about it. And I, I just, even in a few moments, think about some about God's work in your life. If I were being sitting at the, that table back then and Jesus is like, yeah, do this in remembrance of me. Like, what should we remember? Like, oh, yeah, remember that time, Jesus, you freaked out and flipped over all those tables at the temple? That was awesome, you know? Like, sometimes the stories are like that. Remember that time we, th we thought that person was dead and you brought him back? Remember that time we didn't have any food? And that kid came up with, like, a few loaves and some fish and somehow everybody ate? And as you remember the work of God in the story of God in the, in, the in the Word and in your own life, it can change your countenance. The way we remember Jesus in our life can change our present and our future. If we dwell on the negative and the things that didn't work out and things we don't have, that's going to shape us. If we think about God's faithfulness over time, over, over decades, over family members, over days and weeks of your life, over your your, your kids or your you know, friends, man, that can change. So God, thanks for, uh, thanks for who you are, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for leading us and guiding us. Lord, we're not all that different than disciples of the early days. Lord, we get confused and we don't know the whole story. and <laughs> We're not even sure what we're exactly supposed to remember sometimes. You say, do this in remembrance of me. So right now, Lord, we're going to take a few moments and we're going to just reflect and meditate and process your goodness and remember you that way.